welcome to episode 30 of Press YYZ, your one-stop shop for all your Canadian video game-related news and hijinks. We are live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern over at that there twitch.tv slash PressYYZ, where we'd love to have you, as well as over on every podcast service under the sun that you can think of where you can get our show. If we're not there, let us know. We'll fix it for you real quick. I'm your host for the evening, Mr. Mitch George, joined today by the backbone, Alexander Kozina, a.k.a. Cozy. said Kozina really weird there, Mitch. I don't word well. The phenomenal Nathan McInerney. Yo, what's going on? Glad to be back. The multicolored Alex Ballant. Wooey, let's do this, boys. I'm ready. I'm sauced up. Let's go. And finally, our thumbnail thespian, A.J. Fraser. You really hurt me this week, but calling it out uh, really, really helped. I'm sorry. I forgot those were there because they're new. If you guys haven't seen, A.J.'s put together some bomb, straight-fire thumbnails uh, for stuff that doesn't get posted anywhere, which is awesome because I can just use it on Twitter to promote stuff. And I totally forgot using an Avengers GIF instead because the Avengers is awesome. And uh, I will not do that in the future. Speaking of the Avengers beta. Wait, hold on. It, hold on, everybody. I want everybody to stop talking for just a second. Hey, Andy, who's my father. Just want to let you know that you're currently live on Press YYZ. So if you want to keep making as much noise as you're making right now, keep making as much noise as you're making right now. Thank you. <laughs> so Cozy's going to be on the street for the next episode of Press YYZ. So speaking the of the Avengers. Avengers. Let me talk more about the Avengers, because AJ, you got a chance to play the Avengers beta for the first time. I did get a chance to play it. Um, it's fine. <laughs> You're telling me you haven't been coerced into buying it? Okay, so if it weren't for the Spider-Man thing, I probably would have just been like 100%, yeah, I'll, I'll get this game and play with you guys, because, you know, it, it was fun enough that, you know, as long as there's a good group there, you know, you can have, there's plenty of ways to have fun and, and do that. But the Spider-Man thing just still kind of, kind of gets to me. So that, that, that's where I'm at with that. As, as a video game, I think it's fine. I don't think it's mind blowing by any stretch. I think personally think it would have been better as a, 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 a solo narrative experience maybe where you're jumping back and forth between the characters and stuff like that building each one up for like a final showdown or something or whatever but you, you know the the addition of having your, your friends there and, and stuff like that is is good I don't know if the Destiny style is good also can we talk about that Destiny style menu that every single game keeps trying to do it's it's awful except for it the, sucks. the Avengers does it a lot worse because it doesn't load and it yeah. takes forever to get through your menus oh where where like i've been playing destiny recently and oh my god it's so smooth in that game where like avengers it's just super clunky and i really hope that's one of the first like the ui in general is one of the first things that i hope that they revamp because oh it's not good i don't know if i talked about this last time but that was actually one of my disappointments from the avengers beta is that the menus are a little too complicated for what they need to be at least right now uh, obviously you know there are so many different things to upgrade so many different ways to level up your character's attributes and make them battle ready but like i hope that in the same way that uh marvel's avengers story was way more simplified than what we typically experience in most other uh games as a service games that its menu would 
proportionally be similar, but doesn't seem to be the case right now, and that's pretty disappointing to me. When, when I was using it, it seemed like you could use the, the, the D-pad and everything and kind of navigate through the menu. It would get hung up on stuff when you try to do that. And then when you, um, like, especially in, like, your gear menu, as you're trying to, like, break down gear for component parts and stuff like that so you can power up the, the your your best piece of gear or something like that, it, it definitely... It was definitely lacking there. The cursor wouldn't exactly go where you wanted it to, and it just it just does not feel good. Again, it's hard to judge it because it is a beta, but it's coming out so close to the beta that I think any gripes you have with it today are going to be yeah, growing no. pains that they're going to be dealing with, with for the next few months, year, year and a half, who knows. Aside from technical hiccups, those things are going to be in the, the, the game, 100%. Yeah. And so I mean, they'll I think... have to... Go ahead. No, just even the technical stuff, I think, is still going to be pretty embaked in, in into the game, at least until this game gets, like, to be on better hardware. Because, yeah. I said it last week, the PS4, man, that thing is on its last legs, and this is a game that is really pushing it to, to its, like, to its limit, and I don't... It, it'll be a great game to play on PS5. For now, we're just going to kind of have to suffer through it on PS4. Yeah, I have to use headphones playing that game, otherwise I can't hear the game. Nathan, yeah. Yeah. you're back! I'm back. Where'd you go? What happened? You. We 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 needed you. Well, I was at the cottage for a week, which was nice. I disconnected pretty much from video games almost the entire week uh, while I was gone. Oof. Caught up on some reading. Uh, went through all 144 issues of Invincible, uh, the comic book, which was really uh, fun. And I'm mostly caught up on all the Power Rangers comics, which are pretty excellent. So that was Have my you... time at the cottage. Have you read the Justice League Power Rangers crossover? No, it's on my wife's uh, tablet for me to read. It's I've real good. It I've got the book behind me. It's it's really good. Uh, nice. But that's awesome. The whole time you were away, you were lamenting on Twitter one fact. And that was the fact that you weren't playing Fall Guys. Yeah, You're it back. was a pretty... You, I'm back. You've been playing Fall Guys. I've been playing Fall Guys. It turns out Fall Guys, I'm still good. Uh, I am good. serviceable. Uh, but it's yeah, well, an excellent game. Yeah, well, Tim the Tatman got a got a win. So so I uh. three wins before I left on the Thursday, and I left on the Friday. Oh. And when I came back on the Monday, I got another six wins, and I got one last night. So when's the pro team? Well, I think Mitch and I are talking about starting a pro team. Actually, so oh, it's gonna happen because two of those wins you got, it was just you and me playing, and you got yeah. two wins, and I got two wins. And it was only like an hour. We played maybe ten games and got four wins. Like, we're next level. Come on. Yeah, we're 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 both pretty excellent at this. Uh, like, I think we have a good eye for it. I I was listening to the podcast actually today from last week, um, and there were some naysayers about this being game of the year. But I could see this ending up on a lot of maybe not the game of the year, but on a lot of game of the year lists for it's what in it's the discussion. doing. What was the award show last year that awarded uh, Game of the Year to Untitled Goose Game? It was uh, Dice. Dice? I, I can see something like Dice awarding this game Game of the Year, but not like Jeff Keighley's Game of the Year awards will give it to Final Fantasy or The Last of Us or something more of that nature. Yeah, I could see some individual sites doing that too. Yeah. It's going to be in the conversation. I don't know how many wins it'll get, but it's going to be... It, it is a game of the moment the same way that we got Animal Crossing in March. So just the way that this year has gone, for whatever reason, they made great decisions, and Fall Guys is literally everywhere. You've got KFC, yeah. Walmart, 
Ninja. Everyone's trying to get in on this hype. Tim the Tatman got his first win today. Yes, that was it was such a big special. Deal. I, I, I actually uh, earlier today I was watching F1 driver Lando Norris just stream the game and yeah everybody it's the thing everybody's playing right now. Not yeah. to mention love, uh, it's got a new talk show coming out. Yeah, yes. yeah, I really can't wait to see what that actually looks like because with Animal Crossing it felt like it made sense, but like how does it work in Fall Guys? I'm really I'm really curious to see what Gary Wood okay. is. Well, he doing. talked about it on Games Daily today, but essentially it's just okay. going to be them playing the games. While trying to do an interview at the same time, and so that, that okay. sounds like chaos fun. Yeah, like yeah. that's what I imagined it being, and I'm like, there's no way this could be bad, especially if somebody starts swearing because they missed a jumper, they got killed. It's gonna happen. <laughs> like we were, okay. we, we were hanging out with a friend of the show last night, Nathan, you and I. Nate plays yep. games on his stream, and I repeatedly drop expletives, which I regret and immediately apologize. But there's no holding it back in a game like that. Yep. Oh yeah, it's uh. It really unfilters you in a lot of ways. Uh, really quick, um, when Halo Infinite comes out, do you think Gary Witta is going to try and do a talk show in that? Only if he should popular. just do a talk show in every multiplayer game that comes out. Somebody had said I, I think so. he should do a talk show called Assassin's Creed Takala. I saw that, yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's the thing. Is, is that I feel like there's not like a real good pun that you can make out of Halo Infinite in the same way that you can make out of Fall Infinite Guys talking. or Animal Crossing. Uh, that, but but how many other games have infinite in their title? Like I feel like you the view show called like, infinite talking. True. It's like uh, there are seventeen different games that that could refer to. So while I can't wait mm. to see what Talk Avengers Assemble looks like, uh, I have been playing a game this week for review actually called Banner of the Maid. It's a strategy RPG isometric in the kin of uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. It's from a, a a rookie developer out of China and the game's pretty good. It's very anime. If you're into, you know, anime proportions yeah. and we'll leave it at that. Um, <laughs> the art style is great. The gameplay is, it doesn't break, like it doesn't break any conventions when it comes to strategy RPGs. And the localization is just bad. Like I, oh, okay. I, I could not get into the story at all. Cause the localization is just, I found myself at times just wanting to skip the dialogue, which you can, if that's your cup of tea. Uh, it, uh, if you're into strategy RPGs and you're looking for something, it's it's fine, but didn't really yeah, I'm looking, light the world. I'm on looking fire at for the, me. I'm looking at the gameplay now, and it is very. It feels like it's very like off-brand Fire Emblem. Yep. Yep. How how does it compare to Fire Emblem? It's off-brand Fire Emblem. Fair enough. It's it, it's very much like Fire Emblem Advanced Wars style of each of your units is actually X number of units with their own HP, and you go into the 1v1 combat, they take away a little HP. Uh, certain situations you can get into, like using uh, terrain for cover, or certain situations you get into where your units will take two attacks in the same turn, like things like that, but it's, it's a relatively standard SRPG with great visuals really great pixel art style in the uh in the combat scenarios and the all the anime style graphics are great but it just didn't do anything mm. particularly revolutionary ironic for right. a game set in the french revolution so yeah it's it, it is what it is uh but uh alex you've been playing a game that i couldn't <laughs> shut up about for a while and that's I ghost have. of tsushima so I got Ghost of Tsushima at release, 
and I just couldn't get into it. I was very burned out of games right around that time because at that time I had just finished The Last of Us Part Two, got the platinum with it, and I was and I finished Persona Five Royal and I, like like and I platinum that, and then I was moving, so it was really hard to invest myself in anything. And I don't know. This week I just finally managed to just turn on Ghost of Tsushima. I went from act I went from like the end of Act One all the way to like halfway through Act Three. Now I would assume I don't know specifically, but like I. I made a decent amount of progression and I've been doing all the open world stuff. One thing I will say about that game, it's fun as fuck. I love the combat in it, specifically the way that they do stances where it's like, oh, this enemy has a shield. I need to switch to the, I think it's water stance and I have to then like fight the guy with the shield using that stance. And then, oh, this guy has a sword. So I need to switch back to the sword stance and like fight him. And then this guy is like a big brute guy and I need to switch to that. I love that. I love that there's a lot of like, it's very methodical in the way that you do combat. One of the biggest things is, so no spoilers to the story, but it really feels like it doesn't adopt the stealth until the third act. Like, and there's, there's a lot of story reasons to it, but I just kind of like, I was kind of going into this game of like, I want to be a ghost like, no pun intended, but I want to be the ghost of Tsushima. And you really don't get to feel like that until the third act, for story reasons. But I kind of wish that they maybe sped that up a little bit. But I, I totally get why, though. So, so I don't know. I'm a little conflicted about it. But I think it's a fun game. So I, we're not really going to get into it later. But we did get news this week that they're coming out with a multiplayer mode in the fall, which is just... Yeah, that's crazy. Multiplayer for this game. But I know honestly, if that does more of like the ghosty, like they said, there's some, like some fantasy elements to it and everything. If it dives deeper into like being a ghost as opposed to being a samurai, we're going to have a ton of fun playing that. Yeah, for I'm, sure. Like I can say for sure. I'm excited to play that mode. For now. sure. That reminds me a lot of the multiplayer mode in Uncharted 4, where your characters could perform what they refer to as mysticals to make up for the fact that Uncharted 4's single player campaign didn't have like a whole lot of mystical supernatural stuff in it yeah aj you were saying no i yeah uh, i yeah. have a next Sorry generation that's no I, we were both had something to say at the same time it's fine it, it happens um, more often next than generation like right there um <laughs> Uh, wait, hold on. Can I interrupt one more time? Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. what was that, Cozy? I was trying to say something, too. I mean... Wait, hold on. Can you just hold off for just a I second? I think Nathan something more might be my favorite uh, member of the podcast today. Wait, hold on. <laughs> Alex, do you have something that you want to say? I'm an Alex. <laughs> anyway, okay, go uh, ahead, AJ. Please. I have Please. a next generation prediction. Skyrim is going to release again with similar multiplayer support. You can go around with Buddy. I mean, there I mean, are mods for multiplayer Skyrim. I mean, so Skyrim is going to come if... out again. Bethesda needs to do something to justify, because they're going to sell the game again, no doubt. They need to do something to differentiate it from just regular special edition Skyrim. They need something to fill the void to, for uh, Deathloop's delay, right? Or just, you know, Elder Scrolls Six, which isn't going to come out for the next eight years. Well, won't we see Starfield before Elder Scrolls Six? Yep. Exactly. Like... That's why it's going to take that much longer. Cozy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You've been playing more Apex. Uh, I have. So, like, I, I want to preface this by saying, you know, everybody back in the day used to facepalm on this show when I used to bring up Apex. I feel like it's been long enough that I've brought up this game, so <laughs> I'm hoping that you all forgive me bringing up this one uh, last time. For now, Cozy. that is. Cozy. Uh, yeah. What have I talked about for the last, like, month? 
on every uh, show. Well, Animal Crossing. No. I talk about Halo every week. Uh, Alex Fall talks Guys. about Halo. I talk about Fall Guys slash Marvel's Avengers. Avengers. It, it is okay if you want to talk about Apex on every goddamn show we record. Oh, all right. Well, in that case, let's get right into it. So yeah, uh, season five of Apex Legends uh, just launched. Uh, there's a new hero called Rampart. Uh, I believe that's correct. I, I haven't really uh, played as se- her a whole Season lot. five or season six? You have season six in the dark. Six. Okay. Season six. Uh, I'm pretty sure I said season six, by the way. Are you sure that your memory's not befuddled? You you said five. Right, you well, 100% said five. To be fair, that's two out of five people. We don't have majority yet. Anyways, season six, which I'm pretty sure is what I said the first time, is here. There's a new hero called Rampart, which you can see right here. She's a British Indian. She has a turret that she can set up and shielding as well. I played the game uh, competitively for a little bit. And whether I'm playing on a same team as her as her, or uh, am fighting a team that has her, uh, she's changed up the game pretty significantly. The addition of her turrets and uh, shielding change up the flow of encounters pretty dramatically on top of that there have been some interesting changes to the meta as well that have just in general changed the way that you kind of go about approaching encounters in general so for example uh previously in the game uh you had just normal shields that you could collect and it's like all right this is a low tier shield that only offers 50 plus hp this is a mid-tier shield that offers 75 hp now you have a high tier shield that offers 100 plus hp now all the shields in the game are evo shields which previously was like an optional shield that you could get that would start you at 25 hp and by damaging more and more people in the game would gradually evolve and level up and allow you to eventually have plus 125 hp now all shields basically are like that in the game it's just some shields start at like certain levels of pre-evolvedness uh and basically it's pretty much it was one of those changes that was pretty much done in an effort to encourage people to be more combative and you know offensive when encountering other squads so far and uh, yeah, it's a it's a brave new world of Apex Legends, and I'm looking forward to playing more of it as things progress. Uh, also, they added in a little story mode involving the new hero, Rampart, and they actually have an animated comic book uh, this time around to tell the story with, as opposed to last time where it was all entirely text uh, during uh, kind of Loba's mission in Season 5, so... That's real good. I'm sorry so, if all this is super confusing to you guys, by the way, but I'm, I'm to those of you out there who play Apex or are familiar with the Battle Royales, is, like, this is all real cool. Yeah, is this a, a good, yeah, is this a good place for somebody who played it at the launch to jump back into it? I mean, I'd say yeah. Like, I mean, like, here's the thing. There's definitely more going on in the game, in the game now than there was at launch. Like, this is not... I would not classify this update as a back-to-basics update, as a, like, let's go and simplify things update. It is not that. But the game, like, from a competitive standpoint, is feels fresher than ever. And I feel like the range of heroes to choose from are, is pretty diverse at this point. I, I think that... you Like, I, I'd say that, yeah, now is a good time than ever to get into it, and I'd say that because it's... As a game feeling better than ever before but if you were asking that because you were hoping oh is it easier to kind of get into easier to figure out simpler than before i would say no so apologies if you were hoping uh, that. Uh, yeah for, for me i think with apex um like in, unless i'm going in there like on a game night with friends or something like that i think 
I think at this point I would probably wait until like an Apex 2 where uh, they probably come out with like the base game has all of these characters already in it. So I don't have to mm-hmm. pay and unlock them all. And then or like whatever, whatever update in the future happens where where that sort of thing, you know, uh, did you or anyone else here uh, in this podcast ever play Titanfall or well, yeah. specifically, yeah. I was asking more Titanfall 2's multiplayer mode. Not multiplayer. Yes. Not the multiplayer. I, I played the why. single player and loved it. Okay. Well, I just wanted to bring that up because data miners have found evidence to suggest that in the future they're going to be more heavily tying together the world of Apex with Titanfall, that there might even be Goodness, like I hope pl- so. player versus Titan encounters or something to that Please. effect. And it's one of those things where, like, I think if you like what I'm saying right now doesn't sound super appealing to you, maybe wait until they start doing the Apex Legends Titanfall crossover stuff, which I have no clue when that's going to happen, but it's probably going to be sooner than later. Uh, Speaking of sooner rather than later, AJ, you've been playing Flight Simulator. Yeah, on on this um, four-year-old gaming laptop that I have that... I got a pop. I, so when as soon as I tried to launch the game, I, I got a pop up window that said, "Hey, you don't meet the minimum specs for this. Um, you, you you know you may have a bad experience or something like that. Something's gonna break, um, or you're gonna burn your house down or some shit." Um, that didn't happen. Like I booted up the game and uh, it started everything on low settings uh, as it predicted it probably wanted to. Um, but I was just like, no, nah, I want to, I want to see what happens. Um, so I, I cranked it up to high. I didn't go to ultra just to high. Um, and it still works. Now I'm using a, a, a game pad, so I'm not touching my computer, which, uh, while it's running, it gets very hot. Um, I, I do have, have like a, a laptop fan fan underneath it with like four fans on it also blowing. Um, so that kind of helped, but yeah, uh, flight simulator is actually pretty, pretty good. Pretty interesting. Like, um, like it, it, it doesn't look bad. I, I flew over my house. Uh, I flew from like the North end of young street all the way down into Toronto. So you flew past my house. Um, and then I went out to California. Yeah. I went, I went all the way down to, um, California where, um, my dad lives and then, all the, uh, then I, I, I tried to do a flight uh, from, like, Tokyo to uh, somewhere else in Japan and, you know, just playing around with it like that. Um, the the lo- the initial load of the game, lo- like, loading into the game, uh, takes a long time. But if you are just, like, resetting your flight or something like that, uh, it, it takes, like, no time at all. Um, so... And, that, and that's not even installed on my SSD. That's on my regular-ass hard drive. So whatever the cloud stuff they're doing in the background to kind of help with building the world, um, I think it's helping with that in some capacity. Yeah, it's really cool. This game uses Azure, which is Microsoft's it's uh, their cloud, like cloud-based man. computing. Yeah, and like the fact that ripping fat clouds. What? I've heard that. I've heard that this game is immensely detailed, even in like like the distance Mm -hmm. because of that that technology which usually like you wouldn't want your computer to render that type of stuff out in the distance because like why would you want to be able to see that detail but 
I'm very, very excited to play it. As since you've you've been playing it, how easy is it to sort of get into it and get flying? Because I've okay. never played a flight simulator game. Okay, so so I'm just using a gamepad. Um, okay. Just just like my my Xbox Elite controller. Um, it, it it can be a little a little finicky um, in terms of movements. Um, you know, the slightest tap on on the joystick is gonna kind of send your plane flying around but you can you can adjust for that um it's it's you know you when you load into a map at an airport you you have to press two buttons to take this is this is with the settings set to easy not like full simulation realistic or anything like right. that because otherwise you'd have to like use a mouse and like click on your uh click on all the the buttons and knobs in your cockpit and stuff like that and that would not work properly but um the yeah it, with the gamepad, it's it's actually fine. I I I, I did. There, there's a, a a challenge mode actually right now where they're gonna. It's it doesn't seem to be weekly. It, I think it's uh, every two weeks they're gonna reset it for a new a new challenge. Um, and it starts you off flying um, in like the the French Alps somewhere, and you just have to make a, a kind of a right hand turn and just. Uh, slowly try and land it on this one spot right and you have to try and make sure all the numbers are, are in the right spot for the, like the perfect landing and try and get the highest score possible um you know i didn't get the highest score possible but i'm like in the world of everybody playing flight simulator i got like you know twenty thousand something which not that bad and that's just using a gamepad so hmm. yeah yeah, I'm very, very excited to to play it. One of the the biggest I downloaded it last night, but one of the the problems that I was running into is the Xbox app on PC is terrible for for Game Pass because for some reason I can't use it to download. I can only download it to the hard drive I installed the app to, and because Windows is on my SSD, which is way smaller than my normal hard drive, it's stuck to that, and so I. The thing is, with, with Flight Simulator, I wouldn't have been able to have downloaded it unless you told me about this little thing about it, is yeah. you, have to have the, you have to have the amount needed, which is like 127 gigs. You have to have that readily available. You download about a gig, and then that's just like the launcher and stuff. And so then it tells you like, okay, we need to download an extra 96 gigs worth of stuff. Mm -hmm. Where do you where would you like to download that? You can actually choose your directory, and so I got to install it to like my my big like four terabyte hard drive, and so I was good in that sense. But man, uh, Xbox like Microsoft really needs to work on the Game Pass app because it is very buggy and very not good. Like, well, just it, for they, for they, as great as that service is, it's not a good app. They they did just announce like today uh, like all the changes coming to like. They're, they're unifying yeah, platform. The Xbox UI refresh. Like that. So that should, yeah, the whole mm. UI refresh for all their devices. So that that should hopefully help that out. I'm not sure. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. How's it uh, scoring on uh, Open Critic? Real, real good. It's very high. Yeah. Yeah, we know, Nathan. It'll, yeah, we know, we know. I cannot wait, honestly, to bust this thing out on my new gaming PC that I need to build soon. Because. As of today, all of the parts are here. You sounded like a robot the way that you were pronouncing yeah, I was all gonna, that. Like, did you actually escape from that uh, computer in the thumbnail that I made? Hurry, that hurry friggin' hard, guys. No, everything's here, so I'm ready to go. Whenever we want to get That's this build stream put so together, um, I'm actually busy the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe I can pencil you guys in in Ooh. September? 
Yeah, I, I just want to ask quickly, can you travel to the skies above North Korea in Flight Simulator? You can go to Epstein's Island. You yes, can go you can. anywhere. <laughs> I just, well, so I asked a North Korea question more in terms of like, like, so you can go over it, but like, is it as detailed as the rest of the game? I would imagine like, does, so, because it's all based on you know, satellite data, right? Yeah, they so they t what they did is they took the satellite data and used a computer algorithm to build fake buildings. So like, uh, like some of the landmarks and stuff, like in Toronto, Ripley's Aquarium, you can read Ripley's Aquarium on top of it. You the CN Tower and all those big landmarks. Uh, the Fairmont looks like the Fairmont. The the big main ones look normal, but uh, like in my in my hometown, uh, just north of Toronto. The um, the local Walmart looks like a warehouse building, yeah. and it doesn't look like a Walmart. Yeah, there's there's a few uh, places. So they just use some sort of generic based, yeah, based off the roofs, made some geometry and stuff like that, and yeah. It's very very cool technology that for some reason they put in Crackdown, or they were going to put in Crackdown three, but you know. Wait, it they, wasn't they in finally Crackdown. Found... I thought it was in Crackdown three. That's no, why I, was so I thought yeah, the multiplayer. No, side. didn't they? Didn't oh, they it was in multiplayer. A bunch okay. of that though, because it was taking too long. It doesn't matter. Does anyone don't, does anyone else have anything they've been up to that they really want to talk about, or can we get into the rest of the show? I have one all thing. Right. And I have one. All right. We got I have, two things I have... left, and then we will move on to the news, and then our okay. topic of the show, which is a rank em of the most important mobile games. So be sure to stick around for that. But la the last two weeks, I've been talking about my, my saga of moving, and last week in particular... I talked about a very, very tragic event that happened, which was my bookshelf collapsed on top of me. And there's another, as you can see in the background for anyone watching on Twitch, the bookshelf has been fully completed. I went Yay. through a whole adventure putting that thing together. So follow you on social media for more updates. Yes, I have it. If you go to if you go to my Instagram page, I made it one of the highlights like on the the page. It's called IKEA. It basically goes through the entire chronicle of all the bullshit I went through with that thing. But just to to make a long story short, um, one of my roommates moved in the day before, and we put together his IKEA desk. And I got the confidence to try at my hand at putting that bookshelf together again. And for the most part, it started going well. I was following the instructions to a T. I didn't make any mistakes again. I was, I had all the right tools. I was, everything seemed to be going well. I kind of started, I got it like pretty well together, but like the middle shelf seemed to have been damaged a little bit from it falling I the told first you time. To contact so my support. roommate, but that would take too long. I wanted it now. So my roommate helped me install a bracket onto that shelf. So you know we're, we're putting in a lot of extra effort to this ikea bookshelf when they're supposed to be very very straightforward and so we got it together i started putting all the stuff on it collapsed again hmm. it collapsed again but it collapsed like diagonally so all the shelves were kind of like still in on one side and then the other side like everything was just and sliding when down you get a replacement. we had to like remove and what you were you and cut that's out where there? you get a replacement but I wanted it now, and I'm not a coward. So we took everything <laughs> off. We basically added brackets to every single shelf. And you can't see it, but I strategically put pillars of all of my things. Like, I have the Halo Encyclopedia, and I have a Marvel Comics Encyclopedia. And those are on, like, the shelves it, on, like, the ends of them so that they will hold it up if it decides to come down again. What if again. you want to read one of those? Um, it's not tall enough. It's not tall enough. Like I can Just remove buy another it. Copy. It's not tall enough to be holding the shelf up, 
Um, my Marcus Phoenix statue is also just tall enough that it's like I could remove it if I need to, but it will also, in case of collapse, it will come down. The only things that are stuck in place is on my Xbox 360 shelf on the bottom is I had extra copies of the Halo games. Like I have, I have, I have like three copies of all Why? the Halo games. That's so scary. what I did was because we had multiple Xboxes and land so parties. Do system, Halo land yeah, parties. system link, baby. It was, it was definitely worth it. So I have like a shitload of copies of like all the Halo games. And so I use those as actual pillars because the Blu-ray shelf if those weren't there, that Blu-ray shelf would be would be not there because it's not actually there. One side is not connected to the wall of the bookshelf. That thing is holding on by dreams right now, and I am so I'm so Halo scared is of it. holding up your entire life right now. I I think that there's, essentially it's there's very poetic. I was gonna say there's something incredibly suspicious about this whole incident. Are there books that like fly out of the bookshelf at like random sporadic intervals? No, but my Vive uh, lighthouses have fallen off the walls like, multiple I think, times. I don't know. I think we have to give Christopher Nolan a call because I think that somebody might be trying to send you messages from the future. I understood that reference. But yeah, so that, <laughs> that was the adventure of, of the Billy Bookshelf. It seems to be in place. Nothing seems to be wrong. It's been like this for, what, four or five days now? You know, I think it's good. But I'm also terrified I'm just gonna, of it. So just wait till winter point, when we get more frost quakes. Let me just say, as a as a new like, I'm living the college life, and I've bought a lot of alcohol, so I'm ready on a moment's notice. I'm gonna say yeah. your Billy looks like that. If you my want Billy to... looks perfectly fine behind me. So I think you just had some issues. Well, fucking brag about it. Mine's better. Mine's fucking mine. Mine was personally handcrafted. Uh, I think mine looks better with the doors. If, if you want to keep the bookshelf well. I was going to say, if yeah, you want to keep the bookshelf well, you should take a stopwatch and you should put it on the bookshelf. The gravity will focus entirely on the stopwatch and you won't have to worry about the books anymore. I love Inception. Oh, right. That was a thing. Yeah, I love Inception too. So, AJ, you've been playing Tony yeah, Hawk. Is that the one more thing? Yep. Uh, yeah, no, this is my All one right. more thing. I'll be quick right. about it. Um, Tony Hawk, uh, Tony Hawk 1 and 2, the demo. Uh, despite last week me having problems with pre-ordering ordering things in general, uh, I caved and pre-ordered Tony Hawk How 1 and 2 you. so that I could get access to the demo. I know, I'm a hypocrite. Uh, it's actually uh, pretty good. It, fe it feels good, feels right. Um, they've changed some things, and I know there's a bit of a... Purists are, are a little upset with some of the physics, but like it, it, it plays like your memory remembers it and it still feels like Tony Hawk, um, and they've added tricks from the future and everything like that, uh, you know, less reverts, um, which um, kind of uh, doesn't break it. It just, you know, I kind of wish reverts were in there. Um, and the other, the other issue, the, the one issue that I'm having, and uh, it could be one of two things, uh, the first being either I'm getting older Correct. and uh and i'm less dexterous in my fingers because i am absolute trash or it's just because i don't have uh specifically uh challenges to motivate me to do better because it's just in this demo it's just the warehouse and it's just a two minute run get points and you know when i was a kid i used to use uh cheat codes all the time for tony hawk because that's just what you did um, so may maybe I screwed myself over with that, or it's because I'm getting older. I that's just to be clear. That's what cheaters did. And, and anyway, on that, let's and on that note, I think we can move along into the news of the week. 
Uh, this week, Ooh. I don't think there's much news this no, week. No, this right? week we've got six yeah, big happened. stories for you. We might actually end up having to cut this down. The first big one comes yeah. to us courtesy of Vice Gaming from one Patrick Klepek. Uh, Fortnite developer Epic Games is suing Apple over anti competitive practices. Guys, Fortnite is trying to take on Apple. Two companies with fuck you money are going to the war. The thing is, uh, I don't. Once for the greater yeah, good, yeah. though. I mean, Epic doesn't need the money that Apple's taking. This is not about Epic wanting that. Mo- I mean, it's great to get the money back. It, it is, is, but it also it, it is. Imagine having a small yeah. development studio and you're still having to pay that thirty percent Apple tax, right? Where there are other yeah. applications in the market that don't have to pay that. That doesn't seem fair. That is yeah. anti-competitive. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this shakes out. But the way Epic went about it. It was just a big old middle finger straight to Apple. They had everything ready to go. It was a little yeah, scummy. Say, how a little long scummy were they to planning the to do this? It had to have been months. I mean, clearly, clearly, yeah, clearly this was a very planned thing. It's a little scummy, though, what they did in the sense, like, it screws over all the people who have been playing Fortnite on iPhones that they intentionally went out of their way to you know, because they knew, hey, they knew hey, what was going to hey, happen, so they intentionally hey, screwed hey. This happened mm-hmm. on Android too. Let's not forget the plebs. Okay, fine. They they screwed over then even more people. <laughs> like that that you know that doesn't make that doesn't make Epic any better. That it's like I understand what they're doing and I understand that this is for a a good cause in the long run. But you are screwing over a whole bunch of people who paid a lot of money into your into the Fortnite ecosystem. That there are, there are plenty of people who only play Fortnite on their iPhones or on their Android phones, and so it's like we. Now they're just locked out well, of that content. Not locked out of it. That they paid not money for. Out of it yet? No, it still works right That's now. That's the right? thing. It's it, oh. yeah, it still the works next, until it the update. next it's... update for Fortnite okay. will lock all those people out. So in a week and a half, a okay. week when the next update drops, I think it's supposed to be like August twenty eighth. Someone can fact check me. Um, towards the end of August, they could just not update. No, no, no. Though, but right? the thing is, you cannot get you cannot authenticate against the server if your client version doesn't match the version that everyone else is playing. So we are oh, we are on okay. the precipice of a ton of viral videos from parents of their children in tears because they can't play their Fortnite anymore. Because they can't play Fortnite And it's going to be huge. It's going yeah. to make news again. There are articles from CTV, CNN. Like, this is mainstream coverage for what Epic is trying to do to Apple right now, and it's just... It's crazy. It is crazy. Can we say fuck yeah. Apple? For this, <laughs> yes. yeah. Yes, yeah. we can. can. Yeah, and as, it, as, as some, it's absolutely I, I, true. I yeah. will say this. I think that it wasn't very... Uh, I'm trying to search for the right word here. I don't really like the 1980 Fortnite uh, trailer that Epic put out. I feel like it's... It, it just it feels kind of exploitative. It's a little too on the nose. It feels exploitative. It's a little too on the nose. And it's not... It's just... It's not in the spirit of apple's original 1984 commercial it's referencing it without understanding what made it so potent but yeah i do like i agree with the sentiment that potentially if uh epic manages to like push back against apple that this can lead to good things for the industry lots of ifs Uh, there what's very yeah it is what's what's very interesting about this too is this comes on the heels of the xcloud apple kerfuffle last week yeah and a patent was actually surfaced this week uh we found this news via vg247 written up by kian mar that apple has patented cloud gaming services so for them to block stadia 
and uh, xCloud from their platform X-Cloud. is 100% anti-competitive. So as soon as this thing comes I to wonder, light, they have to yeah. make these changes. It doesn't. There, there's there's two different standards in the app store, and it, something's got to give. Yeah. My my question is, I wonder because it seems Epic is fighting Apple on a different front than the X Cloud stuff, but it all kind of falls under the same same umbrella to a certain extent. My question is, I wonder, did Epic pull the trigger on this? sooner than they would have if it wasn't for the xcloud news i i, I don't uh, think so yeah I like I, I there's no way we would know but it is just something that like kind of interesting to speculate because epic has like kind of been at war with like they've been like really just kind of like trying to like go out to war with steam in a certain extent and steam has caved a little bit but not as much as they probably well the St- steam caved for the, for the the big earners uh, yeah they didn't cave for the little Ooh, guy now yeah. uh, speaking speaking of caving and steam and everything uh and the industry as a whole um patrick klepek the guy who wrote the article that we're talking about um tweeted out um the key to the epic versus google fight is the argument over the 30 percent cut it's the same question with steam developers mm-hmm. how has the cut ma- uh, materially impacted your work your finances your planning and so i reached out to my friend ben um to to see if i could get a quote from him on this and he said, um, he, he, he told me this. We've been pretty vocal about it. 30% sucks. The only way they get away with it is market share. All of their feature, features combined don't add 20% to the, to the average game. Visibility is the absolute worst problem for indie games, and it's not even close. And I assume that goes for the same for all the, the app stores in particular, right? <laughs> Especially Steam especially the android marketplace especially um the the ios app store um visibility you you get tanked if if you have to if you don't if you you're not a hit day one you just disappear and you're off the charts forever and that 30 yeah. percent, you're never gonna make your money back you so it is what it is it I sucks guess. and it's gonna be interesting to see how these next few weeks and months potentially play out with this apple fortnite thing this yeah, I for everything like Epic is doing, it is really kind of cool that they're using the popularity of this game, like the funds that they are making from this game to try and make the industry a better place in any way that they can. And they have to kind you have to have fuck you money to be able to do that, and Epic is right now the only company that really and I mean, can. It is, it is so a I I think sorry, go ahead. I think this I think we should champion Epic a lot more. I know like the PC crowd is very divisive on Epic because they want their Steam games, but Epic is really making moves that is going to better the industry for the developers so that we the consumers can get I better mean, games in the I long would, run. I wouldn't go that far cuz for them it is a win-win. They get the publicity. It they is. Uh, they have the money to, to win this fight or to stretch it out as long as they can. But they don't have to do but this, But they're also going to make they don't the money have to back in the long they run. They could just... Right? If the cut is yeah. lower, they're going to make more money. Because you have to expect that behind the scenes, the conversations were happening between Epic and Apple over the fee, right? Because there are exceptions to that in the yeah. App Store now with things like Netflix, Prime Video, um, Uber, DoorDash. Like, all these apps have in-app payment yeah. options. And... I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. For sure. uh, what else is interesting is uh, 
you know, more game studios being accused of harassment of their female employees. And why? Uh, so, and nothing yet again, another studio, this time Rocksteady, is being accused of inaction over staff harassment. This coming to us via The Guardian, written by Alex Hearn. Uh, there was a letter that was released to The Guardian of, that was written by a group of female employees over two years ago to address these concerns. And there's actually been an update on this since then. Uh, earlier today, Rocksteady on Twitter released a statement that essentially boiled down to um, it was a written statement that was presented to them recently by eight of the ten women who were who were submitting this original complaint who are still with the company that did say that Rocksteady did take action to try and correct these measures since it happened. So, yes, it sucks that it happened in the first place and people need to be better to each other. But at least in this situation, it's a developer taking action rather than inaction. At least as far as we can tell. We don't know for certain that these things happen, but... Well, there was the video today. Uh, what was her name? Jen... Uh, give me a second. I'm going to pull it up. But it, one of the, develop the writers on Suicide Squad yes. uh, did a 13-minute video about the issues that she had uh, working there. And the people who their issues were with are still working there um, mm -hmm. and she's asked to have her name removed from the, the credits like the from the suicide squad game so i mean there's yeah, still work to be crazy. done sorry alex you were saying mm. oh yeah it's no, uh, just yeah go ahead no no you go ahead i was just gonna say like this this keeps coming to light with different studios and yeah, there's there's a lot more that needs to get done because holy shit, the fact that it just kind of keeps happening and it's probably going to keep happening for a while. So like it's just kind of depressing in that We should sense. keep talking about we it. We have too, to keep talking about it. If we don't yes. talk about it, mm -hmm. then it's just going to get hidden again. So for sure. I, I made a tweet about this earlier, but um games uh, on their game checklist should really go through HR and make sure that they've dealt with complaints properly before they release games. Because uh, this always seems to happen near the release of the games. Not that it should happen at all. It should be cleared up. Um, yeah. But every, at this point, every game company, if you're not going back and looking at HR complaints, and if you've dealt with them properly or not, you're kind of failing. And, and on the and on that same note, real quick, you know, if you know, they they're, they feel like they're forced to time the the announcements of this sort of sort of thing near a big marketing push. Um, because otherwise it's just going to fall on deaf ears like normal, right? Like, we we might not be talking about it if they didn't just announce Suicide Squad. Or if they weren't or if they weren't going to have the big blowout this weekend for it. And that's that's a shame yeah. because, like we've been saying, these things need to be talked about. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm I'm totally with you there. Um, we we need to be better. Um, and I don't have a good transition yep. out of that. So the next piece of news is related to Halo Infinite's development, and there were suggestions being made that uh, development of Halo Infinite had been greatly impacted by both outsourcing as well as work on the Halo Showtime series. This coming to us from IGN okay. via Jordan Alleman, 
There has since been an update to this story since I put it in the doc that Halo 343 essentially came out and said they have separate teams that work on these things, so there was no impact. Yeah, there's no the way there's no way the the TV show but is the outsourcing. The outsourcing is could. legitimate. If the outsourcing. If, sorry, go ahead. Before we go to the outsourcing thing, like, what was the original argument that the TV show was distracting Halo Infinite's development? Because even when I read that the first time, I was like, "Huh, that I don't yeah, understand how that, how that would make sense." That's just it. Kind of from what I was sort of reading about it on Twitter, because I'm very ingrained in the Halo community. I um, was seeing a lot of people like it was just saying that developers were getting distracted by saying, the TV no, show. There was wasn't any like real management was being distracted by the TV show, yeah. which could be the case. High level management being involved in all of these projects will, you know, have to shift priorities depending on where they feel like the focus needs I, to be. I will agree that 343 has had trouble keeping the game separate from the media, but that feels more ingrained with the actual like development of the game itself and not about the actual like that that that, that means like more like the story and stuff of like Halo 5 and Halo Wars 2 and like that stuff and Halo 4. Like those like it feels like it's more ingrained with that type of stuff like the story stuff, not the actual development of the game. Clearly, Halo Infinite has had a super troubled development ever since they started working on it, probably in 2016. I don't know specifically when they started working on it, but it's at least been close to five years now. And it's had a lot of trouble. There's like there are people in the Halo community who have apparently talked to some of these outsourcing devs, and there's a lot of frustration with them. And it like that part definitely seems legitimate. Like that part seems very, very close to 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 truth in the sense that like there's probably there's a very good reason why halo infinite was delayed and the why it looks the way that it does and i really hope that 343 and like another thing two creative directors left halo infinite which is not a good sign uh over the course of the last you know four years they've had two people in like the you know close to the highest level you can get on a project like this leave there's clearly a lot of issues happening I'm hoping my my biggest hope is that they're start that they'll pull it together in the in the course of the next year with the the delay for the game but I'm really questioning why Microsoft hasn't stepped in and really kind of straightened 343. They are the helms of the biggest the biggest franchise that Microsoft owns and clearly for the last you know at least the last five years because ever since halo 5 there's been a lot of issues with infinite what is what is going on with them and what needs to change to get them to kind of be on track in software development as a whole not specific to game dev throwing more bodies at a problem which if the outsourcing ratio is higher than they anticipated for this title because they needed more people to work on it is a possibility throwing more bodies at a problem in software development doesn't make the problem go away. It just means you have more people looking at the same problem. So especially when your management is not allegedly. Yeah. is not doing what like, even like if they're not distracted and their, and their focus is still on the project, if they're not doing what the project needs at that particular moment, it's still going to leave. It's still going to have problems because you just have all of these people who can't work towards like solving the issue. If they, aren't given the proper directions to solve that issue. Now, here's the thing, Alex. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, how concerned yes. are you actually by Halo Infinite's development after hearing this news? Because 
in the lead up to the release of The Last of Us Part Two, we heard, you know, similar stories of there being a revolving door of project leads of, you know, that studio dealing with, you know, all sorts of development issues. Clearly, uh, you know, having to work from home also took its toll on that game's development too, yeah. seeing as how it was delayed. In the end, though, and we didn't, you know, fully agree on everything that we liked and disliked about the game. But in the end, though, everyone would fully... more or less agree that The Last of Us Part Two turned out quite excellently. Yeah, it's so, a fully pol polished product. Yeah, so sure. jumping to, like, Halo Infinite, do yeah. you feel like the same is going to be probably true of this, where this sounds Ooh. scary, but in the end, everything will work out as best as it can work out for this game? Or So my thoughts are... I think this game is, I think this game, like the delay was desperately needed. I, I know from the f stories that we've heard from developers, especially in the last couple of years, people have been a lot more open about game dev uh, development. A lot of games don't come together until the last few weeks before they go gold. And I think Halo Infinite is going to be cutting it really, really close ask me this question again when we see it again and that okay. will be that will determine my answer because right now i i think the delay is going to be very good for it i don't know how good because that game looked like it had a lot of fundamental issues even though i still thought it looked like it was going to be fun can i um okay. totally derail this show for just a minute <laughs> very passionate i'm, I'm pretty passionate Wait, about what i'm bringing news? up too cozy uh -huh. thinks avengers endgame was an Okay, movie. Oh, God. Wait, me? Whoever's logged into the Press YYZ Twitch account at the moment. It's not me. I'm not logged God in. God damn it, AJ. I don't have that login information. It's shared amongst us. It is. I mean, we all have access to it. Whoever so. said it was okay, I need to know now because I need to know who's not getting a Christmas gift. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Well, we're all logged into our own accounts, so it could be anyone. I need to know. Then it was Nathan or I Alex. I think your split personality is getting the best need, of you. Could it have been you? It, I, I want. For the record, I enjoyed Avengers Endgame quite a bit. I'd give that movie a 9.0. Okay, I appreciate you, Cozy. Give it like a eight. I give it like an 8.5. I think Infinity War was better, but it's still a amazing conclusion to the Avengers or the Infinity Saga. I wish I could see Endgame again for the first time in a movie theater with a crowded theater because that was an experience that I don't know if that will ever be recreated. It was amazing. The only one who didn't anyway. say anything was Nathan. Right. Nathan, you're not getting a gift this year. Well, I haven't had a chance to say Anyway, anything. I really enjoyed taking my son to see it and watching his face as we watched the movie. I don't. I I'm don't know who a, I. I'm watching a nine. I don't know who I don't like at this point. But it's pretty obvious who I don't like at this point. Moving on, our, our next story we'll get to pretty quickly. Nintendo had a. I it's still definitely don't know who uh, Nintendo had what? It had to be. Come on. I'm gonna get to the bottom of this. We will update. I'm we sorry. Will I moved some things audience. around in the dock. I, I will to try and waterboard people if I have to. I, uh, Mitch. I moved some things around in the dock so that we could save a little. I didn't bit of time. look at the dock. Um, I was dropping that one. I'm drop. That's the one I wanted to drop. I want to talk about this one more, and I'm gonna skip the next one. The next two. Yep. So we're not talking yep. about the no. Nintendo the thing we are talking about is Nintendo. Thing. The other two I'm gonna drop. Cool. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, cool. okay, sure. 
Because it, it's a little bit weird to be playing the Nintendo Indie World presentation when we haven't actually. Okay, we're going to talk about the, the Nintendo yet, Indie World but... presentation. That'll wrap up the news very quickly. Okay, I mean, I can delay it and interject for a second longer if you want. I mean, if you refresh your dock, you can see a better uh, list of news. I'm going to ignore <laughs> everything going on right now and just say Nintendo had an Indie World showcase, and it was great. And I think Hades coming to Switch is awesome. And Untitled Goose Game getting multiplayer Teddy. is hilarious. Does anyone have anything else they want to highlight Crazy. from the show? Otherwise, we can move on. No, I didn't those watch Those look it. cool. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, those two games that you brought were the ones that I say I'm probably most interested in myself. That, uh, All the Spirit, other games look good, but... The Spiritfire game that's on Game Pass? I'm definitely going to check cool. that out when I get my PC. That. For sure. I'm a... Yeah. I'm playing um, Manifold Gardens right now. Looking forward to hearing what so you say about that. I have a review that. code for Switch for Should it. Should be cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so if you're interested, cool. go check that out. Um, and I think with that, we're going to wrap up the news for the week <coughs> and move into read slash watch all the things. The first article I pulled is from Polygon's Nicole Carpenter. We have to stop picking on the Fall Guys yellow team, guys. Every game, if you're on the yellow team, you're going to lose, and it's not fair. So stop being so mean to the yellow team. Hey, I've won on the yellow they're team. Just the, they're just the team Mystic of Fall Guys and Mystic no, for life. Mystic. That's all I'm saying. Let's go. Uh, t instinct. You mean oh, It's yeah. all Mystic, bro. Yep. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. I, I was talking about Instinct. Yeah, yeah Instinct right. is great. Instinct, no, instinct for mystic. life. Team Yellow. Red Valor. Come I on. love how we immediately hey, derailed Nathan, this. Nathan, where are you? What, what team are you on, Nathan? Wait. Uh, this is Red, blue, or yellow. I think I'm on go. Yep. The blue. Yeah. I picked the blue because yeah, I had Pokemon Blue. Okay, so Disgusting. we've got Mystic and Instinct and Dead Heat. Valor's just that sounds in like Valor. Here. Uh let's that, move on since we're no longer talking about Fall Guys and talk about something else in Fall Guys. Uh PC Gamer put out an article that is ranking every type of player in Fall Guys. So you got people that are grabbers, people that don't understand how physics work. It's just a fun read. Um and then also earlier today, we got the Call of Duty Cold War teaser. So it's actually happening. The fact that this game hasn't been formally announced yet is baffling. It is I, August. I watched the trailer and it uh, it's a lot of like old footage from like the Cold War era. And it 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 rings very true today and is very scary with the backdrop of uh, today in the United States in particular. Uh, so this game will not release in 2020. I'm calling it now. We have not we have that not seen the game. We know it's been in development hell. We will not see this game launch in 2020. Yep. Crazy. Moving on. Uh, Reset crazy. areas dug through some weird foreign retail stores and found a Prince of Persia remake. So that might be a thing. That would be interesting. Yeah, just a heads up. I would suspect that this is probably not going to be a full 3D Prince of Persia game. The fact that it's listed as a remake makes me think that it might be like a remake of like one of the earlier 2D ones, or at least a remake of the 3D remakes that they received during the did Xbox you, 360 did PlayStation Did you see the box art? That's just my conjecturing, though. Did you I see could the box art? It was basically Prince of Persia Sands of Time. So if, if it's... Uh, well, Why would they remake is, any other is from game the third but game. Sands of Time? This is... But this is from the third... This key art is from the third game. Oh, yeah, game no, it was the one with the split personality or whatever, right? Like, I don't know. The specific fact that they chose that piece of key art 
speaks to me that they don't know what Prince of Persia game they're going with, and so they just decided, ah, let's just throw in this piece of key art. Doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the actual game being Maybe, announced. But we'll have it'll remain to be seen if we'll that gets out. announced, if it comes out, who knows? But interesting stuff. And I think with that we can wrap up read slash watch all the things and head into its raining deals. It has already been brought up more than once on this podcast, but Xbox Game Pass has new games, and that's great. As mentioned, Flight Simulator is available Ooh, now, games. as well as Spiritfarer on both console and PC. Battletoads, Crossing Souls, and Darksiders Genesis, as well as Don't Starve Giant Edition, actually. All four of those will be coming to Game Pass on August the 20th, which has already happened if you're listening to this after the fact. New Super, Lucky, new Super Lucky's Tale comes to console and PC on August 21st. Hyperspace, Hypnospace, Outlaw, and Tell Me Why Chapter 1 both come to console and PC August 27th. Double Kick Heroes on console and PC, which actually looked pretty neat. It was like a rhythm action game. Looked pretty cool. Uh, console and PC August 28th. Wasteland 3 on the 28th. Crusader Kings 3 on PC September 1st. And Resident Evil 7 Biohazard on console and PC Game Pass September That's 3rd. That's awesome. Continuing to prove that Game Pass is the best 100%. deal in media. Except for maybe Disney Plus, but we're not going to get into that tonight. Avengers Endgame is the best movie of all time. Uh, let's get into our topic of the show. And tonight... What? What? You're giving me this look, Alex. I don't it's know what's not, happening. That's, that's, oh, yeah, you're a film I'm student, so you don't agree just... with me. That's fine. Um, we're going to get into our topic of the show. Tonight, based around all of this Fortnite craziness on mobile... We are going to play a game of Rank'em. We are going to rank the most important mobile games of all time. The way Rank'em works, for those who are new here, is I've got four hosts and myself. I will be the host of your game. I will guide everyone through this experience. Each host is going to get three chances to name games and put them on the list. Give me their arguments as to why they deserve to be there in round one. I choose where they go because I'm the host. We'll get into round two, where each host will get a chance to argue why one of their games is better than, an, or is more important, based on the criteria, than one of the other games on the list. If I agree, I'll swap them. If I don't, things stay the same. Round three is the mystery round, and we'll explain that when we get there. To start things off, <sighs> I know this is going to be weird, so I'm going to leave it for last. So I'm going to want Nathan to give me his first game. Oh, wow. I get to go first. Sweet. Um, in terms of important mobile games, I'm going to go back to when I was a dummy and had a iPod touch because that's where mobile <laughs> games first started. Um, and I'm going to bring up a game that I think changed mobile gaming forever. Angry Birds. Squawk. Okay. Uh, it was very, very simple. It was easy to use with the touch screen and it made, it became a phenomenon and really made mobile gaming a thing. There wasn't a game out there before this game that fit that, uh, fit that mold. Totally right. Ang so I, I definitely think Angry Birds should be on this list and probably in the number one spot. I mean, it's gonna go there for now because it's the only one on the list, but I agree with everything you said. Angry Birds was one of the first games to break ground on mobile devices and say this is how gaming is going to look on these things in the future. So, appreciate you, Nathan. Mr. Ballant. No problems. 
Uh, hello. I need a game. Let's give it. So there's there's one mobile game that lit the world on fire when it came out. It was a phenomenon for that summer. And it's Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go was insane when it came out. Everyone was playing it. You could go outside and see groups of people all trying to catch Pokemon. And it did something special. It really, in the hellscape that was 2016, which was a very hellscape of a year it brought a lot of people together in the best possible way and i just think that needs to be like i think that really goes to show the power that mobile games can do because everyone has a phone and everyone could play pokemon go when it came out what was wrong with 2016 it was a presidential election year that's a pretty good reason year but didn't pokemon go released way before the election and this has been a hell year. Yeah, but well, yes, but yeah, don't you okay. remember Pokemon Go to the elections? Yeah. Okay, like Pokemon but Pokemon Go to the polls, that was whatever it was. Months and months after the election was months and months after. I don't think that your argument really makes a lot of sense. I mean, by well, there was a lot of by comparison. A, 2016 is you know roses and unicorns compared yes, to 2020. This, but at the time, like yes. at the time. I have to agree with Alex. It it changed the way people use their phones. It brought people together in a time where with devices that typically you're very isolated when you're on mobile. So at least for now, Pokemon Go's taken the number one spot. Also, I have to say, I'm not saying 2016 is a worse year than 2020. Never said that. I just said 2016 was a down was starting the downfall. It was the beginning of the end, so to speak. Abs- yes, that that's. I never said AJ? it was worse than 2020. Let's just. I just, want, just wanted to clear that game, up buddy. right away. I need a game. Hi. Give me a game. Tell me okay. why. Okay, so I've got the wiki- I've got the Wikipedia page open for this game, um, and I'm just Ooh. I'm just gonna read it right here. The game was set in a virtual world or parallel kingdom where users claim their territories based on their GPS location or by making friends who could invite them to travel to new places. Uh, Parallel Kingdom is a game that I played way back in like 2011, 2012. What's the name of the game? Parallel Kingdom. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to bring up a different thing. Nope, not... Uh, not bringing up the other Niantic game, Ingress, which they oh. they tried, which was like the precursor to Pokemon Go. But before that, in terms of importance, okay, this game, it's something that me and a, a, a handful of friends from work played, trying to capture territories around town. And what, it, it was basically a mobile RPG where on the on the real world map, you would fight things in real time uh, and and try to take over other people's territories and claim plant flags down and try and expand your your territory across the entirety of town. So really it this was a precursor to even ingress um and and absolutely in, in some way shape or form uh, inspired the, the 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 possibilities of what eventually became Pokemon Go. Interesting. I didn't know this game existed. It's 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 no longer around, but in terms of like importance, like this is seminal, like before Ingress, before Pokemon I mean, Go, like yes, but you you kind of just shot yourself in the foot there, AJ. I'm sorry. Do you know what you did? Do you know? Oh, what of you course did? I did. Uh, did I make the thumbnail? You always do, and I always love it, <laughs> even when I forget to use it. 
what you nah. did is said that the game's not around anymore. Don't forget this. You know what has staying power? It doesn't. Pokemon Go. Imported things. You know what has staying power? The Angry yeah, Birds but... franchise. It launched a franchise. And Parallel Kingdom couldn't last. So for that reason, it's going into yeah. number three. Parallel Kingdom launched, set the groundwork for Pokemon Go. It was a GPS bit like, before that was even a thing. The first one to AJ's think of it. Pick goes. Importance, you're fucked. Cozy. Let's uh, let's let's wrap this okay. thing. This first go around up with a bang. What is it? Okay, so it will probably not be of much surprise to you to learn that I was initially going to say Pokemon no. Go for my first pick. Can't say that anymore. So instead, I'm going to bring up another Go game, albeit a Go game of a very different nature, Lara Croft Go. Oh. So this is a game that was actually developed here in my home city of Montreal and basically took the kind of action-adventure platforming gameplay of the Lara Croft Tomb Raider series and basically adapted it to a really neat puzzle-like mold that felt perfectly at home on the kind of smartphone's touchscreen in a way that I feel is not true of so many other games of its nature. It featured a minimalist but effective art style and overall was just... You know, what I think made this game most impressive is I feel like, as I said, it's a puzzle game, but it really didn't feel quite like anything that had come before it. And obviously, it also proved quite successful uh, when they adapted Hitman Go to the same sort of frame with Hitman Go, and also uh, Deus Ex with Deus Ex Goal, which uh, succeeded this game a bit later. But I still think that this was the best of that sort of trilogy of Go games. I, I totally agree with everything you're saying, Cozy. I think the Go games are great games. But how important are they on mobile? Or to the mobile gaming space? I look at a list like Pokemon Go. I look at a list with Angry Birds. And then the other thing. Mm. Um, I, I really like the game, but I don't know how it stands up against these other, unfortunately, juggernauts compared to what Square Enix was able to put together, and they put together a great package. Uh, that being said, though, I will have to put it at number three for now, uh, just above Parallel Kingdom. Okay. All right, so after that first go-around in round one, things are interesting, and I'm going to mix things up again, and we're not going to go in the same order. So, Cozy, we're going to reverse things. You're going first. Go. What? Uh, okay, hold on. Give me a quick second here. Uh, okay, you know what? I'm going to talk about a little game called 80 Days. Anyone here familiar with 80 Days? Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to pull up another Can't be that video important here. If I haven't heard of it. Basically, 80 Days is an award-winning, and by the way, the award-winning part is actually true, uh, game that basically is an adaptation of the famous story by Jules Verne around the world in 80 Days, where basically... Uh, the two titular, well, not titular, the two main characters from that story must travel around a, like, steampunkified version of the world from the 1800s and basically tour the world in 80 days. There's a lot of, like, neat little, like, inventory management stuff. Uh, there, you have, like, a budget that you have to maintain. You can take little odd jobs on the side, on the side, on your way around the world. There are all sorts of, like, secrets you can uncover every time that you travel to a new city. There is like uh, little storylines that you can follow and like secret uh, routes that will allow you to get to certain destinations quicker than you would expect. It's an incredibly charming experience and much like Lara Croft Go before it, it's really one of those experiences that is 
hard to explain unless you've played it. There are certain comparisons to prior games. I suppose you could, if you had to classify it in a genre, you could say it's a visual novel because that's more or less what I would say its mechanics amount to. But it really is unlike anything else. And I I heavily implore you to go and check this game out if you have not checked it out yeah, It before. sounds great. It's actually on like everything, Steam, Mac, uh, Switch. So you can pick it up in a few spots. And Cozy, I... I know, but you can you can also say the same thing of uh, the oh, Birds game. No, 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 I'm not, not, not a knock against of it a bunch of these other. That, that, I was just saying it is out there for people to check out, regardless of if they play mobile okay. games or not. Fair. Okay. Yeah, I, that's I know I sprung it on you really quickly about going immediately after yourself. So again, I didn't hear a lot about what made that important to mobile gaming. I'm going to give you another thirty seconds to just. In a nutshell, why why is 80 Days important to mobile gaming as a platform? I, I feel like it was a great demonstration of how to like tell a really compelling narrative that you also have a lot of control over and did so in a way that, again, felt very particularly suited to the mobile okay. medium. And all the other like inventory management, you know, resource management, budgetary stuff, again, just it felt very kind of at home in the mobile medium and it like it's one of those games where it felt uh in sync with the simplicity that the mobile medium demands your games to be to fully feel at home within it while not insulting the intelligence of players going into it while not insulting the intelligence of like somebody who's a super skilled gamers gamer who's going into it but it, it's also the kind of game that scales to somebody who's just like you know like a younger kid who's playing a mobile game who checks this yeah, one out yeah and i mean honest honest to god i think you're one of the more eloquent hosts on our show you put together a great argument oh unfortunately i think you just argued against yourself really well and it's going to place just above Lara Croft Go in the number three spot for now. Okay. okay. AJ, I'm going to need your next game. Yeah, and do it eloquently. Why am I not allowed to compliment you guys? You're doing a great job here, except AJ. That was a backhanded compliment to the rest of us, just saying. <laughs> I said more eloquent. I didn't uh, say you were not eloquent. We are all masters of this craft. All right. Except AJ. So... Back in the day, uh, 2013, um, a little mobile game, a very simplistic mobile game, took the world by storm. This game is called Flappy Bird. Oh, that's on my list. Uh, this this Ooh. this game is 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 quite important in not only the discourse around mobile games and their simplicity. Uh, with, but also with accessibility and how simple it is to just try and time time your flaps, time your jumps, um, but also the the discourse behind the scenes of, you know, the community, uh, not the community of the game, but uh, other, it, it brought some of the the worst people out of the woodwork um, and made the the developer go away, and it really brought to light just how toxic the internet is in a way that helped us change our own ways and our own discourse on the internet for the better. I know after seeing that, um, for me personally, like I, I, I stopped looking at, you know, people making death threats uh, on the internet, like 
as just oh it doesn't mean anything it's just on the internet no these words have weight uh people have feelings people are on the other end of the things you're saying and it's, it's very important in that way but as a game the importance of it if you go to dave and buster's right now there's a flappy bird machine at dave and buster's and the simplicity of it a single button you just tap and you go for the high score you compete with your friends that way um, there, there's something uh, simple and frustrating in a very Fall Guys-like way about how to, about playing Flappy Bird. Yeah, there's there's no doubting how important Flappy Bird was to the way mobile games have developed over time, especially, like you mentioned, the discourse around it and the developer's own conscious around the addictive nature of the game and everything like that. It, it really did shine a light on an industry that didn't really have that before. And for that reason, Flappy Bird's going to come in at number three currently on our list, just behind Angry Birds, but ahead of 80 Days. Nathan, you went first the last time, so Alex, I need your next game. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose a game that proved that mobile games can be used as great marketing tools for big-budget triple a games that game's fallout shelter fallout shelter was released the day that they showed fallout 4 for the first time it because like that series had been dormant since 2010 after new vegas came out and so we didn't know what was happening with fallout and the fact that they showed fallout 4 there was a lot of hype around it and then they brought this mobile game and it was available to play day one on the app store it really showed that big budget studios could use mobile gaming as a tool for marketing and also it was just a really great addition to the fallout franchise it was very true to form in the in the themes of fallout and i think it was just a great experience that really showed what you could do with with triple a like with no regular video game franchises how you can adapt that to mobile so i think it did a lot of really thing a lot of things really well given the some of the limitations that mobile brings interesting i i like the argument i oh i'm conflicted i i'm of two minds here where do i want to put this i think fallout shelter for everything that it did it's gonna go in at number four just behind Flappy Bird, but ahead of 80 days. Fair right, enough. Nathan, I need yeah, your second the, title. The top five are going to be... The top five are going to uh, be... My second title. Very hard. Um, I'm going to go with a game that I don't love a lot, but there's no question that it's important uh, because of all the clones that it's created over time, and it's a game called Candy Crush that has addicted millions and millions of people to their phones uh, moving candy around and blowing pieces away. This is a game that became a cultural phenomenon and really got a lot of people into gaming, into mobile gaming who weren't mobile gamers. Since then, you've seen that strategy implemented in many games, uh, many, many games going forward. And while maybe it's not the best game and we may not like the scheme, uh, the system to how they make money in it, you cannot deny that it is important uh, because of how it has crafted the mobile genre in general, for better or for worse. I have two things to say here. 
I hate what Candy Crush has done to the mobile games market. And two, you're 100% correct in everything you said. Candy Crush is coming in at number two. Ahead of Angry Birds, but behind Pokemon Go. They tried to copyright the word candy. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, it's just, just scummy. Yeah, that was, but uh, it, it's important because it's made vid mobile video games what they are today, unfortunately. All right. So we're heading into the tail end of round one. And I'm just going to go kind of across the board here. Nothing's going to be set in stone. We're going to be kind of random with everything we do. AJ, I need your first. I need your game first. All righty. Um, okay. Um, this game was, was the first one that I think really caught on and made this studio take off. And they've been around ever since. Um, the, the company is called Kyrosoft, and they've made a mm -hmm. bunch of games in a similar art style at the very least. But the one I want to focus on is Game Dev Story. Mm -hmm. um, Game Dev Story came out in about 2010, and I remember being completely um, like addicted to that game in, in a way that I hadn't been addicted to a mobile device since like the DS and the Game Boy. Um, I just wanted what I wanted to do is I wanted to build my team up and and, and have them make the best games possible and eventually the best uh, game consoles possible. Um, the the game itself is charming and uh, they use real world inspirations and they they like rename they jokingly rename like Nintendo instead of Nintendo and stuff like that for competitors and stuff um, and and. That, that game specifically spawned um, a whole bunch of very similar, like, uh, experiences. Um, one is, like, a ski resort. The other is, like, a taco stand. There, there's, like, a mall and, like, hospital. In, in similar, you're just trying to manage um, a, a handful of, of workers and trying to make the best end result possible. And because of its staying power, because of... Uh, you know everything that spawned from it and after it i i think it's incredibly important especially in the the history of mobile gaming as a whole i i absolutely love kairosoft and almost everything they do especially game dev story it's one of my favorite games on mobile I, the problem is i look at this list and i don't like they're all pretty important except for like one uh, so i don't really know where it falls that's the oh man i See, I kind of painted myself into a corner here with this list because I don't think it's more important than what Lara Croft Go did. But that's so low. Sorry, AJ, but it's going to go at number eight behind Lara Croft Go. I, I, I'm sorry. Disgusting. I'm sorry. I am. No, you're sorry. not. I am. Nathan, can I get your next game, please? Not. Oh, you want yep. my next game now? Like I said, wild card. Um... Okay, wow, you uh, threw me up there. Um, okay, so I'm going to talk about a game that's important because it proved how you cannot monetize a game to a company um, as much as maybe we wanted it to be that way. Um, Super Mario Run. Uh, it was designed specifically for mobile, made a big splash with it, launching on Apple. Uh, Miyamoto uh, jumped up on stage, or was on stage, I believe, during the Apple event uh, to introduce Mario Run to the world. Um, 
and they tried a pricing scheme where they were charging a premium price for $10. You got the first like four levels and then you had to pay for it. And it made good money, but it didn't make enough money to Nintendo to a point where they uh, basically the rest of their mobile games really fucked them up uh, with their monetization scheme. Um, in terms of Mario Kart and Animal Crossing Pocket Camp and uh, Fire Emblem and how they've put microtransactions in just like all the other companies. Um, I think it was important because it was supposed to be like our... This is this is the game. Somebody's finally getting it. They're charging a little more premium price point because of how the mark the uh, app store head was really uh, caving to the lowest common denominator at the time. And for whatever reason, um, Nintendo wasn't happy with the results on it. But I think it's important um, for that reason. I agree with you. It needs to place on this list because it did shift. What is a beloved game developer from being a a champion of the gamers on that market to just another company that makes gotcha games there, which is unfortunate. And for that reason, Super Mario Run is going to come in at number five, just ahead of Fallout Shelter. Ooh. Always. Getting spicy. Alex, I just kicked one of your games out of the top five, so I need your next one. All right, I'm going to go with the biggest game in the world right now that is huge on mobile and might not be for very long because of what their developer is doing, but it's going to change the industry because of it, and that's Fortnite. Fortnite is huge on everything, but it's especially huge on mobile. There's over 100 million people playing it on iOS alone, I don't. I couldn't find the Android numbers, but it's probably equally as huge. Fortnite is huge. Fortnite has taken over the world, and for it to be the most popular game in the world right now, it's also a pretty damn good video game. Like, it's not like a shitty mobile game either, but it still runs on your fucking iPhone. That's awesome, and Epic is using, using their money that they're making from Fortnite. And the monetization is not actually that terrible. It is cosmetic stuff. It's not that gotcha, at least like compared to everything else on the mobile market. I think, I think just the importance of, especially what we're going to like the importance of when Fortnite, uh, battle Royale came out and how it kind of changed the industry. Like the fact that like the events that they've been doing in it, you could watch inception in Fortnite. Like, that's insane. They had Travis Scott concerts. And this is all because of just how huge it is and the fact that it's free to play and it's available on the device that everyone owns, which is, you know, mobile phones. I think it goes to show just how important Fortnite is and how important it's going to be in shaping what companies like Apple can do to the mobile market. I think Fortnite is very seminal. We are doing an entire topic of the show based on the simple fact that Fortnite is trying to disrupt the mobile games market. And for us who are not typically other outside of Pokemon go, at least for cozy and I, we're not really mobile gamers first, but it's still making the news the way it is. And you guys know where I'm going with this. It's going at number one. It has to. So Fortnite's in at number one with a bullet. Fortnite save the Alexander Kazina. Except for that. It's your turn to wrap so, up this round. I, I want to start this off by saying I realized that I actually misheard what this ranking round was going to be about. I thought that it was going to be the best mobile games, not the most important mobile games. And so 
the specific reason why I chose 80 Days and Lara Croft Go is because I'm like, these are like actual, genuine, real high quality mobile games. Some of the other games that we brought up, Pokemon Go, Fortnite, those are great games. Candy Crush Saga, Flappy Birds, those games are crap. Those games are Agreed. pieces of shit. Not saying they're not important. They're not but, good like, games. Come on. Wait, come on. Angry Birds come is on. good. Candy it's Crush okay. is not great. Mm, it's okay. Flappy is Bird good. is garbage. Yeah, we uh, let well, we can all we, we can agree on Candy Crush yeah. Saga. We'll leave it there. Anyways, I just I just want to get that off my chest because I was getting a little no, bit no, frustrated. No, no, I'm right I'm, I'm sorry there. that right. we were not on the same page to start, cozy. So quick. You right. got this one. I'm perfectly focused. It. Perfectly calm. Uh, let's talk about Fruit Ninja. Do you want to be a ninja? Do you only have a phone? Do you only have your fingers? Do you have at least one finger? Guess what? You can be a ninja. Yeah, you a fruit can. Fruit Ninja. Swipe that fruit and just score and win. This is a game that, of course, was immensely popular. It got adapted into like a Kinect game. There's like a uh, an arcade game, I believe, that you can still theoretically find. Like... Fruit Ninja, I think, is the epitome of, hey, you know, here is a mobile game that is perfectly adapted to the uh, control set that is unique to this platform. And it does not purport to be anything more or less than what it is, uh, which is a really great, entirely touch-based mobile Fruit Ninja's game. great. You're right. It, it, tut, it, it crossed a lot of I's and dotted a lot of T's for me. And... I, I love it, and I think it's in a similar vein to the games that, like, flooded. Like, when there was that flood of mobile games, it was things like Angry Birds, like Candy Crush, and like Fruit Ninja that rode to the top, for good or for bad. I think out of those three, Fruit Ninja is the one that rose to the top the best for me, and it's my list. So Fruit Ninja's going at number three because Candy Crush sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nathan, but the argument was there, and... Candy Crush sucks. So with that, we've wrapped up round one of Rank'em. And the way this works for those who are new here is only the games that finish in our top ten are actually worth points. So I'll go over the top ten and the score, and then we can move on into round two. And number ten, we've got Lara Croft Go from Cozy. Number nine is 80 Days, also from Mr. Kazina. At number eight, Fallout Shelter from Alex Ballant. Number seven is Nathan's pick of Super Mario Run. Number six is AJ with Flappy Bird. At five, Nathan with Angry Birds. More more birds, more points. At number four, Candy Crush Saga, also from Nathan. Number three, Fruit Ninja from Cozy. At number two, Pokemon Go from Mr. Ballant. And at number one, Alex again, Fortnite. So as things stand, at the end of round one, we've got Alex in first place, Nathan one point behind, Cozy very close in third, and then AJ. The scoring as it exists... Games 6 through 10 are worth 1 point, 2 through 5 are worth 2 points, and the number 1 spot is worth 3 points. Alright, round 2. This is where you get to argue why one of your games deserves to be higher than another on the list. If I like it, they switch. If I don't, things stay the same. We're going to go from first to worst. So, Alex, which of your games, Ooh. and I can only see one there, deserves to be higher than another game on the list? Yeah. Yeah, um, so obviously I'm going to be arguing for Fallout Shelter because, you know, I'm sitting pretty pretty cozy at the uh, the first two spots. Um, I'm trying to think, like, because there's, there's two options that would get me points. I think I'm going to fight against Angry Birds. 
in the sense like it's kind of the the best argument that i've got is to to say that you know angry birds you know was big when it came out but it's lost its relevance all quite a bit now at least you know in the mobile game market um they tried to play catch up with things like making their game making their subsequent sequels free to play adding licenses like star wars and it never really captured that fire again i think fallout shelter when i think fallout shelter did something special in the sense that it hit a different market that normally wouldn't be playing these mobile games at a time when we were all fucking sick of mobile games and the fact that it got us like people like who are more into gaming um like more like triple a gaming to be able to play another game on their phone i think was really special where i think angry birds didn't it didn't last as long as some of these other games that have kind of had longer tails all right that's Nathan, the best I got. Can you counter that argument by basically arguing why Angry Birds has more staying power in the industry than Fallout Shelter? Uh, so I'm just on the Wikipedia page here for Angry Birds. Um, so you know the, that there was an Angry Birds movie as well as the sequel to the Angry Birds movie, and we have a third Angry Birds I'm movie on the third way. One um, and. Yep, there's a third one scheduled for 2022 right now. So if we're going to talk about a game with more staying power, it's still got movies coming out. I don't see that with Fallout Shelter. I don't hear anybody talking about Fallout Shelter nowadays. Things are staying the same. I'm st- It's gone radio Things silent. are going to stay the same. I'm sorry, Alex. Um, I know you didn't have much to do there, but it was worth a shot. Yeah. Nathan, yeah. why does one of your games deserve to be higher than another on this list? Um, For many reasons. Uh... I'm going to actually look at Angry Birds. Um, and Angry Birds needs to be higher than Fortnite. Okay. Fortnite is important right now. Um, that being said, it's a console game that got ported to mobile. And don't get me wrong, it's important on mobile, and that's why we're talking about um, talking about it as the topic of the show. That being said, that's recency bias in like the top form at the moment. Um, it's important, and it deserves to be on the list. But we're talking about... And if without Angry Birds, we would not have a flourishing mobile market the way that like there wouldn't be a mobile gaming market without it because of what it did. I'm looking at the different iterations of Angry Birds that have come out. Um, There's like 15 different versions of Angry Birds that have come out since it launched back in 2009. Um, Like in different forms, there's a Transformers Angry Bird. There's a role playing Angry Birds. Um, there's mo- like different Star Wars Angry Birds, two Star Wars Angry Birds games that have come out. One, one um, was original and trilogy and can, one was the prequels. Yeah, one was the prequels. So like Angry Birds Epic, that's the RPG one. Like um, there's just so much. And my kids are still playing Angry Birds to this day. So it has the staying power. It's been there since 2009. And it should be number one. It's the original innovator of the mobile game. And without it, none of these games come with it. Alex? So, of course, can I say Cozy. something quickly here? Am I allowed to interject? Okay. I'm not denying the importance of Angry Birds. However, does it feel a little bit unfair that when Nathan talks about Angry Birds, he's allowed to bring up every possible iteration of Angry Birds? I mean, we did talk... I mean... Alex's argument was about the staying power. So I think in term I, I know I, I know that like it sounds now like I have this vendetta against Angry Birds and I'm trying to find 
holes uh, in Angry Birds Fortitude wherever I can find him. But it's like, I, I think it like you're totally right about like Angry Birds having like a longer seeing power, longer effect on the industry and all. But it's like it just it feels a little bit unfair towards every single other game on this list where it's like it's just one game in a series, and Angry Birds is like this entire franchise. I mean, I'm just saying that's why it's important. Like, look what it spawned because of what's come from it. And not just, like, the games that have come out of it, but the entire industry okay. for mobile games. Alex, I need you to argue yeah. why Fortnite has been a benefit to the mobile games market to a greater extent than Angry Birds. I think there is a little bit of, like, yes, Fortnite is the most popular game in the world right now. But it has been that. For the last two years. We can't forget that. This isn't a new thing. Fortnite has been around for a good amount of time at this point. Um, I think that Angry Birds was the introduction to of the, the um, race to the bottom in the mobile games market. Uh, which I think where Fortnite is now residing in because of it. And they're trying to, in a way, pick that up in a lot of senses. With like everything that they're doing again like what they're doing they're going to war with apple which is a company that is notorious for saying fuck you no we do it our way and to have a company to have epic be like we're we're going to challenge that i think we can't yet know how influential that is going to be to the mobile market that has now become the way that it is starting with angry birds being that sort of initial point that led to the race to the bottom that we now see in this industry i think fortnite is continuously huge and it's going to keep being huge and it's going to be influential not just to mobile gaming but gaming as a whole things are staying the way they are sorry nathan that's a bad call you can say that but it's my list i'm sorry that's fine. I would, yeah, like, I, I don't know where I would have gone it's, if it was It's me a tough call shoes, either way. So, you know. Cozy, as you are currently in third place, I need you to argue why one of your games, I, I, I've been... or, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut you some slack here. You weren't clear on the whole criteria of the, of the game, so you... Well, so, like, here's the thing. I've been thinking over these, you know, past few minutes what I want to argue for, and, like, I really don't know, you know... I feel like I can't make an argument for Fruit Ninja being more important than Fortnite or Pokemon Go, and I can't make an argument for 80 Days or Lara Croft Go being better than anything in the top five. I also don't want to target Angry Birds again because I feel like Nathan might feel like I have a vendetta against okay. him in general. Cozy, I'm going. To. I'm going to give you a wild card here because the it it, it seems like there was a bit okay. of communication error. If you can give me a game that that I think without any argument is more important than 80 Days or Lara Croft Go, I will drop one of those games from the list and give you a new game and let you argue it against anything. Uh, okay. Uh, Temple Run. Sure. I'll, I'll say Temple Run's more important to mobile than 80 Days. So, Temple Run. What? Which of these games do you think is more important... Do you think Temple Run is more important than on mobile? problem is is that the list is still pretty stacked it really as is. is um i'm gonna go higher than candy crush Saga, right. honestly i feel like and all i'm just gonna say on the matter is that i feel like with a game like temple run if you make a run in temple run get it 
uh, I feel like there is a lot more that you can do. Whereas Candy Crush is a game that I feel is really out to kind of gate you until you pony up some of that sweet, sweet moolah to progress forward into its candy crusted world. Uh, Temple Run is an example of, yeah, it's a mobile game. It has a lot of mobile isms, but it's not kind of specifically holding you back. And I do just want to salute it for that. Nathan, people like yep. to attack your games. Well, that's because they're going after the best and they're rated too low, honestly. Well, that regardless of whether or not, or not that's the case, I need you to argue why Candy Crush is important to mobile gaming in more than just the sense of it brought microtransactions to the masses. Um, okay. Uh, Candy Crush um, really po I want to word this right. Bejeweled created the match three um the match three puzzle game concept um on pc but it wasn't until um candy crush on mobile did you really see match threes start really coming into place and when people think about match three games they don't think about bejeweled anymore they think about candy crush saga um, it really kind of like they took the core gameplay loop and made some small adjustments and they added microtransactions for sure. But when you think of that match three system, you don't think of Bejeweled anymore. In fact, Bejeweled's a footnote in history at this point. Um, you think about Candy Crush Saga Damn. for that reason. Yep. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, and I think I think there's arguments to be made either way. Um, I'm sorry, Cozy, but again, things are going to stay the same. I want. I wanted to move it. I really did, but Candy Crush was shooting a little high. I there was a couple there that it probably could have bumped, but that that wasn't one of them. I'm sorry. AJ, to round out round two, I need you to take one of your games and argue why it is more important than another that is higher on the list. Okay, you can do this. Well, I believe listen. in you. I've never, I've never been one to conform to the rules don't we know it <laughs> despite me having to you know what them. no you know no i you know will what, speak AJ? up two of your three Go games ahead. are totally off the board right now mm -hmm. you can argue any game you want that's on mobile and why it's more important than anything else on this list and it'll bump that game right off the list how about that mm, we're, go we're going nuts crazy here. i'm sorry I had to. Well, okay. You've you've given me I a have. bone here, and I appreciate that. But my 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 issue remains that a previous ruling is bullshit. Okay. Staying power because of whatever business reason does not negate the importance of a game. Parallel Kingdom laid the foundation and the groundwork so that Pokemon Go could be possible. It was the first one on the ground floor and from that we got Niantic, who focused on GPS-style games, and then we got Pokemon Go. 
without Parallel Kingdom, we would not have gotten Pokemon Go as soon as we did. It is very important for that reason. I tried to help you. I really, really did. I know you did. Your rules are bullshit. Well, then this is this is going to be bullshit you know too, Alex. I don't even want an argument. Things are staying the way they are. I'm just going to say, like, okay, yeah. Sure. Can I argue anyway? Just a little. Just because something, just because something, um, just because something laid the groundwork doesn't mean it's as important. Pokemon Go was important because of the cultural phenomenon it was. I literally had never heard of Parallel Kingdoms until you mentioned it today. Like, if you brought up Ingress, sure. you'd have an argument, but. Even Ghostbusters is kind of really irrelevant. Pokemon, Pokemon Go was important because it was Pokemon. Parallel Kingdom was important because it was a GPS game before GPS games happened. But there's a difference there, AJ. One of those is installed on my phone, and the other one I had to Google today. So things are staying the way they are. For the first time in this, for the first, it's bullshit. The first time ever in a game of Rankum slash five by five, which is what we used to call it, no games moved as part of round two. You're so things are exactly the way they were at the end of round one with Alex in the lead, Nathan Bullshit. right behind him, Cozy in third, and AJ. We're going to move. <laughs> I feel like if there is, sure. before we go forward, I just want to say, I feel like if there's a, mes- a message to be discerned from the fact that nothing moved this round, it's the fact that the mobile games market is still pretty new. I feel like if we were debating the most important just video games in general of all time, I feel like a much more interesting and diverse discussion could potentially be had. There would be like mobile games. We would be talking for 45 with mobile games, hours if it's that like, were the case. <laughs> yeah, with mobile games, though, like things are pretty static because there haven't been a whole lot of games thus far that have been in the medium that have like been influential in the way that these 12 games on this list have been. So, We're going to move into round three. Round three is the mystery bag. With the mystery bag, you don't know what you're going to get. I'm going to ask you for a number between one and three, and then a number between one and five. Or in some cases, five. In some cases, less. Um, and we're going to start with he who leads, and that's Mr. Alex Ballant. So I'm going to need... Actually, no. You know what? Two okay. and four. Yeah, you want two and okay. four? Um, I mean, what, whatever okay, you Yeah, asking. I mean, you can have two and four. I was going to let you guys have the categories as well. Okay, two and four. I don't care. I need you to tell me why Roller Coaster Tycoon 4 on mobile is one of the most important mobile games of all time. Um. Okay. Uh, I think it, you know, Roller Coaster Tycoon brought a game, uh, Roller Coaster Tycoon yep. 4 specifically, brought a game that was very, you know, the Roller Coaster Tycoon games were very big on PC and brought it to mobile in a way that actually worked. I remember I did play it and I didn't think it was, I didn't think it was like, I thought it was a, a good port that it's like, if I was on the subway and I didn't have anything but my phone and I had this game installed, it would be a good time kill. And I think the the importance of time wasters in that type of situation is always good and it's just it goes to show that like games that were once big on other platforms can work on mobile if brought if done correctly you know this game was notoriously bad for its microtransactions and broken for a very long time right didn't know that i know didn't know that because guess what category you picked by saying two 
bad mobile mm-hmm. games. So for that reason, we're gonna put Roller Coaster Tycoon Four in at number thirteen. It ain't making the list. I just wanted to give all of you guys a chance, that's, and we appreciate you for that. For. And that's why yeah. I made you go first. Uh, before we go any forward, is Hero Wars a potential selection? What the hell is Hero Wars? Hero Wars is this mobile mobile game. I've never played it myself, but I see ads for it all the time. And based on the ads, I have no clue what kind of game it is. Because, like, one ad will suggest that it's like a puzzle game where you have to move these, like, uh, sticks out of the way to get your character gold. But then there will be another ad, and it will depict a completely different kind of game. And it's like, I have no clue what this is. Well, speaking of ads for games, Cozy, I'm not even going to ask for numbers. I want you to tell me why Rage Shadow Legends is one of the most important mobile games of all time. Don't fuck this up. We still need to get sponsored by them. Oh, man. (laughs) Let me tell you about Rage Shadow Legends. Are you ready to raid? Are you ready to rage? Then fucking get onto your mobile phone and play some Raid Shadow Legends. You like RPG combat in a fantasy world? You want it on your phone? You want to go mobile? Fucking raid in Raid Shadow Legends. Out now. Do we have a code for free diamonds for the game if you sign up now? I love you guys so much. I- I've never played no Raid has. Shadow Legends, but based on the commercials, it actually looks, it actually honestly looks not bad. I'd like to try it out at some well, point. Well, feel free to do that one. and check back in with us, but in the meantime, it ain't making the list. Until they sponsor the show. Oh my god, I wish I got that <laughs> you one. Didn't, Holy shit. You didn't shoot your shot correctly. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to need you... I'm going to give you the yeah. categories. Do so you want a bad mobile game, one of the most played mobile games, or a gotcha? One of the most played mobile All games. Alright. I'm going to need you... I'm just going to pick it. Okay. Um. And you know what? This one's going to be fun because it competes directly with something else on the list. Why is PUBG Mobile one of the most important mobile games of all time? Uh, PUBG Mobile um, really took what um, they did well on console and moved it to mobile before um, before Fortnite did. Um, it really is that... <laughs> yeah, thanks, AJ. Um, it really is that... Um, same game but boiled down to a mobile control scheme now it's not I don't believe it's cross play Uh, that being said uh, it was a phenomenon mobile and how well it played also if I am correctly saying this it were it is huge in China in the Asian markets Um, just because uh, that's they didn't have access to consoles um, so it really picked up there as well I don't know. I haven't played PUBG Mobile. So, it's very important. Didn't it get banned in India? Say that again, Alex? Didn't it get banned in India? It got banned in, like, in a country because everyone was playing it. Like, you'd get arrested if you were playing PUBG Mobile. This is from Wikipedia. In March of 2019, Battlegrounds was banned in the Indian state of Gujarat, not sure if that's pronounced correctly. I apologize if it's incorrect. Uh, after the local government decided the game was too addicting and violent and an unnecessary distraction during exam season. A number of students caught playing the game were arrested as a result. The ban was not reviewed in some cities in the state after March as exam season had ended. Well, that sounds like a pretty important game if they need to ban it so that kids can do their well in their studies. I mean, 
it should be number one. I mean, let's just put it there and just end the arguments now. No. I'm going to put PUBG Mobile in just because that was a fun conversation. At number eight. Talk about that alley-oop. Putting it in above Fallout Shelter but below Super Mario Run because I thought Super Mario Run was actually a very good game. Criminally underplayed. It was. It was. It was mostly a good it game. Was, it was worth the what? Like, Ten bucks. No, with thirteen ninety nine yeah. Canadian, I think. I think it was ten US. All right. I had a good time. AJ, it's your time to shine. Hi. I'm going to give you the game. It's the best one I have remaining. And you're going to knock it straight out of the park, right? Okay. Absolutely. I need you to give me an argument for why this game is one of the most important mobile games of all time. Kim Kardashian Hollywood. Wow. Kim Kardashian Hollywood is very important um especially to the female gamers out there uh as we learned (laughs) through an article that went around um right now that offended a lot of people but the that game in particular i remember when it, it it first started blowing up um when kim kardashian's show was kind of the biggest thing going um the the importance can't be understated in that uh, uh, Kim Gard- Kardashian ha- had a, a big ass and uh, it was very important um, and it translated well to mobile devices and was good and w- was it a dress up game? I think it was a dress up game. Yeah. Nobody knows kinda. for sure. Yeah. So big ass. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, ten that out was of ten. Brilliant. No, number one. Yeah. I really, I really appreciated wow. it. Um, yep. Yep. Wait, what happened to my list? I'm confused right now. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. Um. Oh, I'm over calling. That's why it's confusing. That's my bad. Um. Suffice it to say, Kim Kardashian Hollywood had a lasting impact on the mobile game space. And I'm totally blowing hot air out of my ass, and it didn't, and it's not making the list. Wait, is it on the list? It's on the list at sixteen. It comes in below Raid Shadow Legends. I just want to clarify because we've had themes not make the list. No, all. no, it's making the list at number sixteen. That's an important distinction. No, I, I, I appreciate you keeping me honest, there, Nathan. Speaking of keeping me honest, we're at the end of round three. We have a tie between Alex and Nathan. So, Shit. I wasn't prepared for a tiebreaker. Um, we both win. No, that's no fun. How can how can two people win? That's not a fun game. You know what? Because do we have to run around and pull our tails? No, out? because that, you would win at that because you're better at Fall Guys than anyone else here. What if you gave the points in? What if you gave points in reverse order? Sixteen for number one, and then work just because mobile right gaming now. is bad. See if that evens it out. Yeah, screw it. Who cares? Yeah, let's do that instead. Well, I feel like oh, AJ wins. Oh, he does. What? He 100%, he 100% wins in that no. scenario. You want, you want me to? No. 
All right. While we're while we're figuring this out, I'm gonna read my raid shadow legends. I've never been so much of a mobile gamer, but forget everything you think about mobile games because raid shadow legends is one of the most ambitious RPG projects of 2020. Has just been released and will change everything. Just look at the level of detail these characters. If you use the code in the description, you, you can start with fifty thousand silver and join special launch tournament. And you better hurry because it's getting big fast. You can play for totally free at the link below on your smartphones. <laughs> you know use code press yyz for fifty thousand silver okay and with that i reverse the order Great. what the hell okay i totally screwed up this thing <laughs> so i'm thinking of a number between one and ten AJ alex wins. nathan whoever gets the closest wins nathan seven ten wait how are we judging the closest i'm gonna tell you what the like can you Carmen knock, knows what my favorite can you not go over No, it's it's closest what, going what? over or under. Carmen knows my favorite number. Alex says seven. Nathan, what's your pick? Three. Carmen, what's my favorite number? Fourteen. What's my favorite number that's under ten? Seven. Seven gets it. Alex, congratulations on winning nice. this week's episode of Rankum for the most important mobile games of all time. I've been your host, Mitch George. I don't want to do this again anytime soon. So with that being said. Uh, where can we find everyone on the social medias? Our winner, Alex Ballant. Where are you? You can find me on Instagram at blatantlyalex. That's where you can find my my Billy adventures. Uh, Twitter, blatantly underscore Alex, and YouTube.com slash blatantlyalex. I'll make a video at some point. Mr. McInerney, where are you on the internet? I, I was screwed. Justice for Nathan. Uh, you can also find me at the underscore and Mac on Twitter and follow me at ps4blog.net where I'm working on reviews currently for uh, Pathfinder, Kinmaker, and uh, Manifold Garden. Cozy? You can find me on Twitter at Alex Kazina. And of course, you can always head to twitch.tv slash live to watch some of my private Twitch streams. I'm going to be playing a little bit more of a little game called Apex Legends next. I don't know Never if heard of it. we talked about it on the show. It's real good. Surprise, you should go surprise. check it out. Season AJ? 6 is here. People you are, are running also... rampant. Just like rampant, the new legend. AJ, you're also on the internet. I had I had uh, fixed this list for Nathan so I could give him justice and it just keeps resetting it back because some asshole AJ, keeps going in there. But, let's wrap it up. AJ. You know, I tried Nathan. I appreciate that. You can find me all over the internet at Times Hero, capital T, capital H. All right. And you can find me all over the internet at Mr. Mitch George. Uh, as Nathan said, I've got some reviews coming up on ps4blog.net as well, one of which should be live by the time this goes live, and I can't talk about it yet. I'll talk about it next week, as well as reviews for a couple other smaller Switch titles that I'm very much looking forward to playing. With that being said, thank you for playing. Take care, guys.